Okay, so we'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for May 30th, 2010. We're going to shift gears here and go into predictions for the rest of 2010. We've talked a lot about that today, potential things that could happen. Here's predictions from several different economic authorities, guys that devote their whole life to this. This was just came out on 525 of, of this uh you know, a few days ago here. First one's Bob Chapman. Uh, we've quoted quite a bit. He says, The first six months of 2010, Americans will continue to live in the unreality. The period between July and October is when the financial fireworks will begin. The Fed will act unilaterally for its own survival, irrespective of any political implications. He's saying his source is an insider from the Fed meetings. In the last quarter of the year, we could see, and Bob Chapman's been very, very accurate with his predictions, as is has been Gerald Salente. Both of them have been extremely accurate, and uh, were, those are the first two we're quoting. In the last quarter of the year, we could see martial law, which is more likely for the first six months of 2011. The FDIC will collapse in September of 2010. Commercial real estate will be set to implode in 2010. Wall Street believes there is a 100% chance of a crash in the bond market, especially municipals, sometime during 2010. The dollar will, will be devalued by the end of 2010 as well. Okay, so he's saying fireworks are really going to start going off between July and October. Financial. Um, could see martial law by the end of the year. Now, granted, if this thing goes down with the oil spill, there's going to be martial law, at least in Florida. Uh and that might be a trial run to see how well that goes. be the perfect opportunity for them. Let's go further. And if you start seeing this stuff on the news, where they're talking about air quality in Florida, you better get out then. And I'm talking to myself as much as I am to anyone else. But if they start leaking this, you get out as soon as you can get out. Because if you wait until they issue an evacuation, you're probably not going to be able to get out. And there's going to be checkpoints, and there's going to be. Uh, you'd think they would just open everything up. No, 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 no. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna slow it down. I believe as much as they can. They're gonna make it as restrictive as possible. And the people that are trying to get out are gonna have to go through checkpoints. And I believe if you're on one of their lists, from the information I've seen, you get funneled to Camp FEMA. Now I can't say that 100% for sure, but I'm telling you right now, it would be the first. Best opportunity in America to implement that. So let's go forward here. Um, and I know that's about as severe of a thing as could happen. Because if you go to Camp FEMA, you're dead. You're, you're as good as dead. I mean, I believe that. You know, they're, they're going to be constant. They're concentration camps. And they're built hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them all over America. Already been built. And they're sitting unoccupied. And there's a reason that they're waiting. And I've reported on that many times in the past. Is, is the Lord Jesus Christ capable of protecting you? Absolutely. Okay, but I'm just saying, the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. Simple pass on and are punished. So, I'm trying to give you some warning here. Uh, let's go further here. Gerald Salenti says, The terrorist attacks and the crash of 2010, he believes there's going to be terrorist attacks and a crash this year. He's saying there's going to be a 40% devaluation, I'm assuming of the currency, at first, which will equal the greatest depression ever in the United States, worse than the Great Depression. George, not George Nori, but George Uri, U-R-E, says, the markets will be up until mid to late summer, and then all H-E-L-L breaks loose, from then on throughout the rest of the year. Now, that's... Very much similar to what Bob Chapman just said. Igor Panarin says, In the summer of 1998, based on classified data about the state of the U.S. economy and society supplied to him by fellow FAPSI analysts, Panarin forecast the probable disintegration of America, USA, into six parts in 2010, which will start at the end of June to the start of July. This is what he was given privileged information on back in 1998. Um, Corps. this is another organization that evidently rates the future in this country. 
They have projected that the third and final stage of the economic collapse will begin sometime in 2010, barring some kind of financial miracle or complete dissolution of the Federal Reserve. A snowballing implosion should become visible by the end of this year. Uh, The behavior of the Fed, along with what the IMF seems to suggest, that they are preparing for a focused collapse, peaking within weeks or months instead of years, and most certain the fall of the dollar. What are the web bots saying? Web bots are saying July and onward, from July onward, things get very strange. Revolution. Dollar dead by November 10th. Uh, This one's Leap 2020. They say, 2010 outlook from a group of 25 European economists with a 90% accuracy rating say, we anticipate a sudden intensification of the crisis in the second half of 2010, which is what we're right going, pretty much going into, causing by a double effect of catching up events which were temporarily averted in the second half of 2009 in the impossibility of maintaining the palliative remedies of past years. There is a perfect economic storm coming within the global financial markets and inevitable pressure on interest rates in the U.S. The injection of zero-cost money into the Western banking system has failed to restart the economy. Zero-cost money meaning they're just printing the money off nothing. And there's nothing backing it. They're just printing it off the printing presses and just infusing it into the money supply, which is what they've done for years. It is slowly rolling over into the next big down wave, which the Elliott wave terminology will will be called in which Elliott wave terminology will be a super cycle wave three, or in the common language, quote, the big one, where we all go over the falls together. Okay, so that's what uh, several different things are saying. So it's looking to me like uh, end of June, start of July, from a financial perspective. And that's not, that's not including this Gulf oil spill. Okay, I think this is separate from that. That could accelerate things. And again, um, uh, the big thing you want to look for is any kind of feigning or, or where they even start discussing that there may be any kind of evacuation of Florida or coastal areas. That is when you want to be locked and loaded to get out right then. Because most likely it's not going to be too long after that until that escalates. Unless they find some way to cap this, and even then, it's still going to be a massive problem, most likely. Next article. New federal biometric ID card warning National Association for Gun Rights put this out. After years of watching our legal immigration problem grow steadily worse and watching our elected officials refuse to lift a finger in response... The politician's, quote, fix is finally in. It's a new federal biometric ID card. That's right, instead of controlling our borders, the politicians want to control you and me. They want to give amnesty to illegal aliens and make us prove we're not criminals. That's what they want to do. They want to give them the free pass and make us prove we're not criminals. President Barack Obama, Lindsey Graham, Chuck Schumer are all working hand-in-glove to ram this new scheme into law as part of the new comprehensive immigration reform package. That's why it's vital you, you sign the petition. I've got a petition thing here. You can sign. You, know, you can do a lot of different stuff. They give you other resources to do that. If passed, the federal biometric ID card included in the new amnesty bill will 1. Include a unique biometric identifier like fingerprints, retinal scans, or even a scan on the veins of the back of your hand. And it will also allow bureaucrats to watch your every move, as the federal biometric ID card will be almost certainly be produced with an RFID tracking chip. And, and again, this is one of the reasons why I highly recommend those um, secure wallets, Identity Stronghold. They've got wallets now. It's www.idstronghold.com. But they've got sleeves you can put your passport in. Because the passports are all chipped now. And they've got wallets that you can put your credit cards or anything else in that shield them. In other words, they can't get the information. A a thief couldn't get it or or anything like that. It's bare bare minimum what you should probably be doing. Anyway, and then also the biometric ID cards would include virtually unlimited amounts of personal information about you, like what guns you own, for instance. 
And this new federal biometric ID card would be required for any person wishing to hold a job legally in the United States. So I guess the welfare recipients wouldn't have to get one. I don't know about you, but I'm outraged. It seems that whenever politicians are using terrorism, crime, illegal immigration, or something else as their excuse, it's really you and me that are in their crosshairs. Just remember those Department of Homeland Security memos listing pro-gun, pro-constitution activists as domestic extremists. Isn't that what we just talked about with that guy that was on CSI that was talking about chemtrails and they're labeling them? Well, that's, that's what they're doing. Anyway, I give you the um, quotes there. And again, this should, this should invoke righteous indignation. You know, be angry and sin not, but righteous indignation in regard to um, praying against this wickedness. I'm not praying for people to go to hell. I'm saying praying against this wickedness that we're seeing. So, let's go further. This, these are some quotes from a Satanist. I just read this last night. And, uh, <laughs> well, pretty heavy duty. Um, I did not post a link to this because I'm not going to refer anybody to this because there was a lot of inappropriate things that he talked about. He didn't really cuss, but a lot of just horrific things that Satanism brags about and does in uh, the pornography industry and the vileness of it and how they, they sacrifice children and how they get them in pornography and then they sacrifice them and how they mutilate them. And oh my word, it was, I was so sick when I got done reading this thing. And he was, he was being so eloquent when he was stating all this stuff. He's Supposedly the guy's not a part of, I don't know, the, the brand of Satanism that he was in, but he's, he's still very proud of, of his accomplishments toward advancing Satan's kingdom. He's very proud. Oh, it was just sickening. Just and I only pulled out the excerpts, which were you know pertinent and, and not graphic for the sake of um, this little thing I'll be reading you here. Uh, it says the Alpha Lodge has taken steps to try to ensure the Alpha Lodge, meaning the satanic uh, wing called the Alpha Lodge, has taken steps to try to ensure that after the next war the, quote, tradition, which is their satanic tradition, is maintained in the intervening centuries before civilization as we know it begins again. So remember, to ensure that after the next war, I believe they're in reference to World War III, he says, at that time, and this is after the next war, at that time, Satanism will be the only religion in science. Now, what have I been saying all along? I've been saying that when the Antichrist ushers in the coming one world, new world order, the coming one world religion, that essentially all religions are going to end up getting on the same page at one level. The, yes, maybe they'll retain some previous identity, but there is going to be a one, coming one world religion, united under the false prophet and the Antichrist. That religion, in its essence, purest essence, is going to be witchcraft. Uh, theosophy, which is really nothing more than Luciferianism or Satanism. I've been saying that all along. The Bible says that the Antichrist is going to cause craft to prosper in his hand. The craft, the Freemasonry is referred to as the craft. Witchcraft is referred to as the craft. It's witchcraft is going to be the coming essence of the one world religion that we're moving into. And he says at that time, Satanism will be the only religion in science. Then he says, we have secured the texts, books and relics, and magical weapons necessary for our dark lord. And I see the storm clouds gathering. So in other words, they're ready, they're locked and loaded, the Satanists. They want this war. Most Christians are just like, warming a pew somewhere. Well, bless God, we're just gonna, it's all gonna be good. Everything's gonna be good. I'll just give my tithe and I'll sit here and do... Now, I'm not saying everybody, but I'm saying for a big, gigantic majority, they've had their ears tickled and they're lukewarm and they're just kind of sitting around waiting for whatever. Then it goes on to say ritual activity is increasing, meaning their rituals, satanic rituals, which is putting mass spells over society, which is a big part of the reason that things are getting the way they are. And there's no, there's, the, the church isn't there to fight back against this. Because the church, number one, for the most part, is asleep. They're not even aware these things are going on. This is way too militant for most. Most of them would be, oh, no, I don't want to, most of this stuff would scare 
most Christians. Oh, I can't. No, my word. This scares me. You know what? You better quit you like men and be ye strong, as the Bible says. Quit acting like a little kid. I mean, I'm serious. I have just resolved myself that, that I know that I'm most likely going to be martyred. Now, if God so chooses to, to spare me, I have the faith to believe that he can spare me in a heartbeat. But I'm, it's such a foregone conclusion in my head. I am just ready to die for this, for, for the Lord Jesus Christ. I really believe that's where we've got to be in our mind. I'm not saying I'm the gold standard by any stretch of the imagination. But after everything I'm seeing coming down the pike and everything that I report on a week-to-week basis, how can I believe anything else? Am I better than the martyrs that die like the Anabaptists and these other ones and the Waldensians and and, and the disciples and Jesus Christ himself? Am I better than they? Am I at a higher position than they to assume that I won't be martyred? But I'm telling you, a lot of these martyrs, God always gave them the grace to endure no matter what, and a lot of them never even felt the pain. A lot of them were on fire, literally, and they were still preaching. They didn't feel it. So God's powerful enough to do anything. But the big key is, is do you have the faith to believe he could deliver you through no matter what they would do to you? And again, I believe he also has the ability to protect us and to hide us as well. But we have to have the faith to believe it. So, you know, this is the, this is the real war we're moving into. This is what's really coming when I'm reading you right now. This is the essence of the coming end times. And I hate to be, you know, uh, doom and gloom here, but the Bible predicts it was going to happen. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Jesus Christ said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Noah's day was the most wicked time the world had essentially ever... also says, as it was in the days of Lot... So shall, well, what was going on? Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot's day. Sodomites had pretty much taken over. The reprobates. Evil had taken over in both of those times. In Noah's day, it was literally fallen angels procreating with women. Producing a race of, of defiled genetic giants. Their DNA had been defiled. As it was in the days of Noah. And I've talked a lot about that in times past. There's just going to be very few real Christians that I believe will be willing to fight and to die for this. But it's really a great honor to live in the day and times that we're living in, if you think about it. These are the times that all the other saints have looked forward to in anticipation, and the angels look down in anticipation. Now, God knows the beginning from the end. We know that according to the Bible, if we're on the cause of righteousness, if we're on the cause of Jesus Christ, we win! We might lose our life, we might forfeit our life, but we win. We're on the winning side, no matter what Satan does. So, I I read stuff like this and it gets me fired up. Because this is the real deal right here. This is what they know is going to happen. The average church member, unfortunately, doesn't know this. Or won't admit to it. And hopefully I've given you enough confirmation over the last four years to convince you from a current event standpoint and a biblical standpoint that this is going to go down. It may not, I may not know every detail, but we've sure, hopefully given you enough confirmation of these facts. Look at just the evil that we talked about today. That's, that's pure satanic wickedness. Social structures, here's going quoting further, he says, social structures are almost totally eroded. I agree with most of what this guy's saying. The sheep will gather for their slaughter. See, it doesn't really matter if, if, if you think you're going to escape this by being a good sheeple people. If you're labeled as a Christian in any way, shape, or form, you're probably already on the blue list, which is scheduled for eradication. Where you really want to be is on the red list. It, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that should be your goal, but the red list are the ones that are going to come after first. Okay? They're the ones that have really taken a stance. They're the ones that are black and white, and they know, the New World Order knows where they stand. But a lot of the people on the blue list, they don't even know what's going to clue, clue it in on what's going to happen. Again, God can still protect you. The Lord Jesus Christ is perfectly capable. But who do you think the Lord's going to protect if he has his... Is he going to protect the lukewarm ones that are trying to do anything they can to escape persecution? The Bible says that they, in the Revelation, it says they, the remnant, overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the word of their testimony... And they love their lives not under the death. 
Their life wasn't even, you know, if I, if I live or die, what, well, I'm saying, I really believe that's the, that's the mindset we gotta be. It was the mindset the martyrs were in, that all the people that were martyred, from the good old Catholic Church particularly, from the Inquisition, you know, the way that they just brutally came in and slaughtered them. And I give you two, in fact, it's the last thing here, no, it's, yeah, it's the last thing in there. I give you two videos you can watch on the um, martyrs. One was a study on the Anabaptists, and then the other was called the Path of the Martyrs. And I mean, the, like the Bible says, it reminds me of that verse in the Bible says, of whom the world was not worthy. These ones that, you know, died in, in, in very horrific, horrific manners. And um, it's It's amazing. But God can still give us that same grace they got. He's still perfectly capable of it. And just because you don't feel that way now doesn't mean that God isn't perfectly capable of supplying the grace that is needed unto you at the time of, you know, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, at the time of, of, of when things get really, really bad. And let's say you're thrown in prison. Let's say you're you whatever. God gives you the grace as you need it. And um, you just have to have the faith to believe it. This goes on to say, the average homo normalis, who he refers to us as, is beyond caring. Provided their bellies are full, their minds are empty, and their time consumed with frivolous entertainment, then the Satanists are free to triumph. He's right. Isn't it sad when I can read satanic quotes and agree, be more in agreement with this guy than I am with the average lukewarm, uh, whatever Christian that doesn't think anything evil possibly might befall them as though we're better than all those that have went before us? I don't even feel as though I'm worthy to walk the same ground as, as a lot of these people that have and are are dying in other parts of the world, China, Africa, and these places. This is reality to them. We're going to have our time in America. It took less than 60 years to turn the Western world from war heroes to wimps, from bold adventurers to crybabies, and from devoted couples to divorcees. See, he, they realize how important it is to have this massive divorce rate within America, to break up the family unit. Satan, his primary goal is to break up the family unit, turn them against one another, uh, Get them consumed with the world. Make sure their bellies are full. Their minds are empty. Pre-program them with all their stuff. Put a whole bunch of additives in the water and the food and, and just, you know. But they realize how important these things are. Here, continuing this quote, Satanists of the highest order are behind a number of wealthy, conservative, new right-wing Christian churches and organizations in America. That's right. You heard it. Well, if you were Satan, and you were going to attack the only true threat that you had on planet Earth, wouldn't it be the Christian church? Well, are you going to attack like the little church house on the outskirts of town that has like 12 people in it? Or are you going to try to hit the masses? Aren't you going to try to get the most bang for your buck if you were Satan? Well, what better way to do that than like through things like TBN and things? Now, I'm not saying every single thing that's on TBN is evil, okay? But for the most part, you got the Crouches and you got the Word of Faith movement, and you got the hyper charismatics, and, and then now you got them uniting up with the Catholics in a lot of different ways, different levels. And then you got a lot of the lukewarmness that goes on in the Methodists and, and the Lutherans and things of this nature and, and Anglicans and. There's so there's thousands and thousands and thousands of, of Christian denominations out there, um, but these Satanists have, have absolutely infiltrated conservative, new right wing Christian churches and things ones that are liberal as well. At the very top hierarchies, typically you will have somebody that is involved in very very overt Satanism, evil, whatever you want to call it, at the very very top. And if the head is sick. The whole body will be sick. I don't see any Bible for denominations in the Bible. I don't see it. Well, I'm this and I'm that. Well, you know what? I call myself a born-again Bible-believing Christian. I read the King James Bible. That's about all I claim to be. You know? You know, deserve death and hell, but praise the Lord Jesus Christ, got saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, 
the blood he shed on the cross, his finished work on the cross, and I praise the Lord Jesus Christ for that. Uh, but that's about the only thing I'm going to glory in, that, okay? And, and uh, apart from that, you know, nothing else. Well, these churches have been infiltrated, and they have wanted to create a mass of lukewarm, sheeple Christian, pseudo-Christians out there um, that really don't know about these things, really don't care about these things, really this stuff that I talk about would scare them beyond anything. And when stuff starts to really go down, they're going to be looking at their pastor saying, why didn't you warn us? Why didn't you tell us? Why, why didn't you do this or that? And the pastor's not going to have an answer. He's just going to probably curl up in a fetal position behind the organ and then, you know, they'll probably have some prepositioned Satanists go up there and really take over. You know what I mean? I know the answer. It's double betrayal. He'll lead us to the light. I mean, if you watch this V show, the Catholic church that they've got in there, the main, the main uh, head priest guy over this Catholic church is fighting the other guy who's fighting the V, who are these, these alien reptilians that are come here under the guise of being our friends, but they're really here to eat us. And essentially, he's saying, oh, no, no, this is basically, this is of God, and they're here to help us, and they're here to heal us. You know what? Satan's going to come with all lines, signs, and wonders, and miracles, just like those stinking V that are portrayed on TV. And there's going to be a ton of people that fall for his garbage just because he can heal, or do a miracle, or give them this, or give them that. That's no, that's no uh, parameter of why in the world we should we should follow. If, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, then don't follow it. Choose whom this day, who you're going to serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, as Joshua said. So, he goes on to say about these new right-wing churches. Oh, and also, when I came out of the charismatic movement, and you can't get these tapes anymore, okay? Um, because they were out of Australia, and there was a guy that sold them out of California for several years, but now he doesn't. 20 hours of footage of charismatic um, church services. A lot of them were on TV, most of them were on TV, where they either slow down the tongues, backmask, reverse the tongues, or you hear stuff they're saying off camera, or off, not off camera, but off, off the mic. They don't think they're being heard. After 20 hours of watching Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, Hagen, you name it, I could come to no other other explanation that they then that they were all satanists satanists i'm not talking about they're just deceived or deluded i'm talking about they were satanists they were put in that position for reason you don't get to that level of ministry i would say 99 percent of the time you don't get to that level of ministry unless somebody puts you there and if if there's all kind of um money backing you and things like this they can do great things you know, they could put you, they could puff you up and put you on a very, very high pedestal. Um, so I'm just telling you, I'm not saying every single person's a Satanist, but I'm saying that a good majority most likely are. And if you were Satan, where would you target if you think about it? Well, who's reaching the most people in Christianity? The televangelists, the TVs, and a lot of these people that are behind uh, big mega churches in America. So, this Satanist goes on to say, these are some of contemporary Satanism's best cash flow enterprises. These new right-wing churches in America. Best cash flow enterprises and allowing mass indoctrination and networking. Well, we've talked about the whole emerging church. How that's absolutely infiltrating through all these major ministries. Ministries that were supposedly at one time right down the line, biblically. Now, all of a sudden, they're starting to veer. Well, they've been veering for a long time. And if you really compared them with the Word of God, you probably would have saw that a long time ago. But if that's all you ever know, it seems like it's biblical. Well, these churches are being uh, compromised with this emerging Oprah Winfrey promoting New Age Christianity, which is going to be, again, very much part of the coming New World Order and the One World Religion. Mass indoctrination and networking. Why do you think the church does nothing? I mean, these issues that we're talking about, these should be being discussed in churches all across the world every single week to pray regarding this wickedness. It's not happening. 
Well, they would lose their 501c3 cash t- uh, tax exemption because they're talking about things they shouldn't ought not be. Well, the IRS and the, essentially the government gave them their right to exist through their 501c3 corporate status. So they've got to be good little churches and play and not say the wrong things because they could get their status removed. And then if that happened, oh boy, things would really get bad. You know, then then their ties would drop off. People couldn't write their ties off on their taxes. Oh my world, what, what in the world is this world coming to if you can't write it off on your IRS taxes? One of the most wicked factions of, of government that we have, have ever seen. And I've reported on that many times. Look at the bondage that they've brought the church into. But the church willfully went into that bondage. You make a deal with the devil, eventually the, the bill's going to come due. And I, again, we've talked about the clergy response teams, how they're being set up to tell their parishioners, obey the government. Uh, it doesn't matter what basically the government tells you. You have to obey it because of Romans 13. We've done whole studies on that. And if they tell you to take the inoculations, in fact, you can come here to the church and get vaccinated, and then we'll bust you off to the to the concentration camp. Because most likely, that's what they're going to be used as vaccination uh, centers, things of this nature. And the, and the pastors are going to be the ones placating the church sheeple masses. Uh, we, have, we don't have any idea, I don't think, including myself, what's truly coming. The strength of the international Satanisms continue to increase as its oldest families continue to wither. Now, I don't know if I agree with him about that, because I don't think the Rothschilds are any, any less powerful. But this is his take. He says, their most enduring legacies will be the power structures they created and the relationships they facilitated. Their funding of diverse groups dedicated to the destruction of Christianity is a story never to be told. See, Satan wants to operate like a cockroach. He wants to be in the dark, and he wants to do what he does in the dark. He doesn't want these things to be told. He wants them to be suppressed. Because if they were told, they would be made manifest. They would be reproved, what? By the light, as as that Bible verse we just quoted earlier. And if they were if they were exposed, then people would wake up and then people would get out. Well, that's not going to most likely happen because the media is controlled by satanic organizations. So, the funding of diverse groups dedicated. So they're taking the money. Satan is one of contemporary Satanism's uh, contemporary Satanism's best cash flow enterprises. They're saying are the new right Christian churches at least one of them, which is allowing mass indoctrination and networking, leading us to the one world religion. And then they're taking a lot of this money and they're funding it to diverse groups dedicated to the destruction of Christianity. Well, they're already in control of the major power structures over all the denominations, most likely worldwide, main denominations worldwide. And so they can destroy it from within. But then they can also set up other organizations to further you know, debunk Christianity, like this zeitgeist movement, and these types of things that we've talked about. And I watched The Age of Aquarius, the, the documentary that I'm in, and I'm telling you, it's, it is the best documentary I have, and I'm not saying that because I'm in it, but it is the best documentary I have ever seen that explains the zeitgeist, the one world religion, theosophy, Maitreya, Benjamin Krem, H.P. Blavatsky, Alice Bailey, it is impeccably documented. I mean, it is the best thing I've ever seen on it. it, it it's amazing. So, you can go up to, uh, um, well, my last emails, I provide you links, but you can go up and do a keyword search on YouTube for Age of Aquarius. You should be able to find it. And you can also buy the DVD online as well. Uh, going further, <clears throat> viable, truly spiritual Satanism is becoming more overt. This is the last quote I'm going to read. So, Satanism is becoming more overt. Well, it is. It's true. I mean, it's it's more overt. As the more wicked the world becomes, it's more it can come out of the closet more. This is because of those who went before. And as the schedule works itself, the Alpha Satanic Lodges are growing ever more public. I will not mention names, front organizations, or interests. The time is when these will announce themselves. Just like Disneyland... We infiltrated them, we infiltrated, then built the modern agenda, created the porno film empires, turned snuff films into art, snuff films are where they kill people, and then liberated young people. 
they talk about how they'll get these young people off the streets and they entice them into this world and they use them up and they, and they use them for pornography and then they sacrifice them through satanic rituals because Satan requires blood sacrifices just like he did in the Bible, particularly if you look in the Old Testament. He's, he's not changed any bit. These are sacrifices that are offered to Satan and these people disappear off the streets and nobody ever knows anything about it because they were throwaway, throwaway children anyway or teenagers. So it happens all the time. Some of these women actually have babies, like a brood mother, and they actually give their babies over or they're bought. And they just have baby after baby. And they can use them for sacrifice. It's so sickening what goes on. I was literally ill after I read this thing yesterday. I, I literally, and I was like the Holy Spirit was so grieved. Uh, I was, it was horrific. But it is what goes on. And if you listen to the um, that teaching I did on pedophilia, just go up to YouTube, Ken Scott Johnson, pedophilia. Oh, it's horrific. And it just gives you, from a satanic standpoint, it will give you a, 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 a confirmation on everything we're talking about today. Uh, and then he ends it by saying, ours is the obsession of the mystery of darkness. This, and he, then at the very start, they had a, satanic version of the Lord's Prayer, where everything was like inverted, you know, because they have to do everything. And the thing is, is the only thing they're talking about destroying here, it's not Hinduism, not Buddhism, not Confucianism, not Mormonism, not Jehovah Witnesses. It's Christianity. That's what, and they include the Catholics in there. Well, they're, they're able to discredit them real easy with all the pedophile priests, but all Catholicism is going to do is lead you to hell anyway. But they, could, they love to lump Christians in with that, so that the world can look at Christianity, even if you're a Bible-believing Christian, and have nothing to do with the Catholic Church, they can look at you and lump you in the same category. Oh, you pedophile, protecting, you know, whatever. The only group they talk about destroying is Christianity. Why? Because we're their only real enemy, regarding in a human form on planet Earth, ambassadors of Christ, as the Bible talks about. So it says they turn, uh, and then it says, ours is the obsession of the mystery of darkness. This is our age, the age of Satanus. That's what they call it, which is really the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Okay? Just a different way of saying it. So, yeah, um, I know this is a really, really super heavy duty teaching we're doing today, but, you know, I feel like I've got to put this stuff out here. This may be my last teaching, literally. I mean, if this stuff goes down in the Gulf, you know, I mean, and, and they're going to most likely, if they implement something like martial law, uh, they're going to probably lock down the internet. It's one of the first things they'll try to do to, to eliminate as much as they can information dissemination. The internet's a real thorn in their side, I believe. They've used it for great evil, but it's also been used for great good in, in, in some areas where, when it comes to warning people. So, um, you know, I don't know. May the Lord's will be done. Uh, next article. Muhammad had a nine-year-old wife. This is from Chick Publication, one that just came out. While many Muslim practices grate the nerves of Westerners, the committing of preteen girls to older men as brides seems especially revolting. I, I love to expose the Muslim religion every chance I get because it's the most hypocritical religion, I believe, on the face of the planet. They act like we're so morally upright in, in, the, in the religion of, of the... And I understand that America is very satanic in a lot of ways. But they love to act as though they're so morally upright. And the way they oppress you know, women, the way that they do, and the way that they make them dress, and, and how they're you know, just horrific, the way that women are treated in that religion. And the way they lie... Because the Quran says it's okay to lie. It says it's okay to deceive and lie and steal and cheat. An infidel, because the infidel, they're told to kill them. The Bible says, to, the, the Quran says to slay the infidel. To kill them, to behead them, to do all manner of evil toward them. To, and to the, the Jew first, primarily, and then also to the Gentile. Is essentially their motto. And yet they call themselves a religion of peace. And we're so morally upright. And yet you have the leader of them, the guy that started this whole thing, who had a nine-year-old wife when he married her when she was six. 
So he's a pedophile, and again, if the head is sick, the whole body is going to be sick. And this is the head of their corrupt cult. So I love to expose them every chance I get, because they are worthy. Um, Muslim, the more, quote, advanced Muslim countries claim to discourage the practice, yet it is common even in Saudi Arabia. News agencies recently told of a Saudi 12-year-old girl who managed to obtain a divorce from her 80-year-old husband. 12-year-old married to an 80-year-old. That is one sick, old, perverted dude. The case sparked a campaign to raise marriageable age to 16. But Muslim leaders point out that Muhammad consummated a marriage to the her to a nine-year-old while married to several other women. So, we need to go by what Muhammad did, because he's our example. Can you imagine if Jesus Christ... I mean, granted, I wouldn't follow Jesus Christ. I mean, if, if, if he was corrupt, he's perfect. He's sinless. But can you imagine if they had that... But this isn't even talked about in mainstream news. Jesus lived a sinless life, and yet they still vilify him. Muhammad had a nine-year-old bride, and yet you don't hear anything about, oh, no, no, we can't say anything about the Muslims. It's not politically correct. Okay, they can go, and they can strap on nail bombs and kill people, and they believe that they're going to you know, be with all these virgins when they die, and they're martyred, and all this stuff, and they can go rape and pillage and steal and lie and cheat as long as they're advancing Islam. That's all okay. It's just such a double standard. Uh, the case sparked a campaign... Okay, I already read that. Um, in Yemen... Another 12-year-old recently bled to death after three days in labor trying to deliver a stillborn baby. She had been forced by her family to marry a 24-year-old man who paid a large dowry to her parents. I mean, these guys, they're, they're just, I'm sorry, but they're just perverted. Muhammad limited his followers to four wives, but obtained approval from Allah. Who's Allah? The moon god. He's just another fallen angel that people worship. He's not the god of the Bible. We've proven that in many other studies. But Muhammad obtained approval from Allah for at least 20 for himself. Well, you guys can only have four wives, but I can have at least 20. In addition, he was known to pick and choose among captured slave women. One of his favorite wives was Aisha, whom he chose in marriage at age six and bedded when she was nine. Man, that's sick. You're marrying a six-year-old? Islam's view and treatment of women today reflects the 7th century tribal customs where Islam was born. Like most pagan-based religions, Islam is highly sexualized. Women are owned by a husband and other dominant males in the family and allowed only limited liberty. Severe punishment is exacted for even casual contact with other men. I remember a long time ago there was that movie, uh, and I don't... Sally Field drives me up a wall because she does all those Beniva commercials, and Beniva is essentially these osteoporosis drugs. What they do is they suppress they suppress osteoclast production. Osteoclasts are the bone cells that break down bone and allow you to put fresh bone in the body because your body is always breaking down and reforming, breaking down and reforming. What happens is, is if you take something like Beniva or one of these other devil osteoporosis drugs, is it shuts down osteoclast production, which means that the bone you've got that is no good anymore, there's no osteoclast to reabsorb it and to put, uh, and, and so new bone can be reformed. But what will happen is, is when you go for a bone density scan, the bone density scan will um, show up great. Because, hey, you've got a lot of bone density. It's all crap bone. But yeah, you've got good bone density because there's no osteoclast production because these stinking drugs like Beniva shut it down. What's the side effect? of Boniva, or these osteoporosis drugs. Osteonecrosis of the jaw. What does that mean? That means the jawbone, which is where it typically start, will start to rot inside you. Oh yeah, that's just a little minor side effect, among all the other horrific side effects they cause, as all drugs do, all pharmacia drugs do. You cannot drug your body into good health. Things like manganese and boron and a good absorbable calcium and vitamin D and enough stomach acid to absorb the calcium. Those are things that are important for bone production. Hormonal levels also help that a lot too. But anyway, anyway. But she was in this movie. And it was called Not Without My Child. Oh my word. I, remember, I saw it a long, long time ago. Oh man, this is before... I don't know if I was even saved when I saw this. But oh my word, it was... 
it was horrific. Where she had, I think, gotten married some Muslim guy, and she had a kid by him, and he acted all nice syrupy peaches and cream while he was in America. But all of a sudden, one day, I believe, they went back to visit his home country, and he had no intention of leaving. He brought her back. And then she really saw how he really was. And this horrific thing she had to try to get out of the country with her child. And, I mean, it was like... I cannot imagine being in that religion, particularly if you're a woman. My heart would go out to you. I mean, it is so terrible what they have to... It would be like being in a prison, and you're always having to watch out, because if you do the wrong thing at all, and they perceive it as morally whatever wrong, they'll kill you, or they'll severely punish you, or whatever. And it's just... It's horrific. It's one of the... The reasons I just can't stand the Muslim religion. I, I pray to God that people in it get saved. But it is one of the most repressive, satanic, hypocritical cults on the planet. Uh, let's go further. Uh, let's see. So, Allah had 20 wives. In addition, he was known to pick and choose among captured slave women. Uh, Islam's view and treatment of women today reflects the 7th century tribal customs where Islam was born. Like most pagan-based religions, Islam is highly sexualized. Women are owned by a husband or other dominant males in the family. Uh, Severe punishment is exacted for even casual contact with other men. Yet the Muslim male has almost total freedom sexually. Besides allowing up to four wives, some sects allow temporary contractual marriages called the mutah. The contract can be for as little as a few hours and provides for a dowry given to the woman by the man. After the contract expires a few hours later, in some cases, both are free to go their own way. No ceremony or divorce proceedings needed. Oh, that sounds really morally upright. What does that sound like to you or me? It sounds like prostitution. (laughs) You're just paying them to sleep with them. But that's okay. That's okay. Certain moral standards are prescribed for relations with Muslim women, but no... Such restrictions apply to infidels, which would be an unbeliever in Islam. In this particular, a woman, a male, or a female infidel, which would be any other religion other than Muslim if you were a woman. Even today, sexual conquest is part of the spoils of war, wherever Muslims are fighting for control in a country or region. Unbelievers are to be killed or converted, and attackers are free to rape the women at will before they are killed or enslaved. That's okay. In their scum religion, their scum death cult that they call Islam. That's okay. But they're also morally upright and they act so, you know, unbelievable. Muhammad's world consisted primarily of robbery and sex. All women were slaves at one level or another. Wives were the highest example, with captured women serving as direct sex slaves and household servants. Since Muhammad's lifestyle forms the example for all Muslims... Well, he's the gold standard, right? Men obsessed with sex and conquest are the ideal disciples. And what does the man get who achieves martyrdom by sacrificing his life to destroy infidels? Well, they're told they get immediate entry into paradise where his sexual strength is unlimited and a minimum of 72 perpetual virgins are at his continual disposal. Yeah, and if you believe that one, I've got some land to sell you. Some oceanfront property in Arizona. I mean, unbelievable. But this is the garbage that they feed them. This is the garbage that these guys that... Stri- boy, it, boy, I bet you they're really surprised when they plunge into hell, screaming, knowing they had just been deceived their whole life. And they had served a total lie. Uh, Gazzoli's book and uh, the book Who is Allah by G... J.O. Moshi, describe in detail the lifestyle of Muhammad and his teachings in the Quran. They will be a great help to the soul winner who wishes to be well informed on the beliefs of the Muslims he is witnessing to. The new tract, quote, Is Allah Like You, shows clearly, and I give you links to these, you can click on them, you can buy these tracts from Chick. These are the tracts I give out. You know, if I go out and about or whatever, I'm getting gas, I put them in the gas thing, I leave them, you know, at a restaurant with a tip. If you're going to leave a tract, though, leave a decent tip. Okay, don't like leave her a penny tip and then give her a track. Eh, you know, that's not the thing to do. Anyway, the new tract is Allah Like You clearly shows the Muslim treatment of women, the contrast between the Bible and the Quran, 
and the difference between Jehovah and Allah. The track is built around a gripping story that will hold the reader until it delivers the message along with the gospel. So, hey, they've got some great tracks. And then the last thing is, is those two videos on the Path of the Martyr and the Anabaptist Vision video. They're pretty heavy duty. Um, but I think these are things we need to remind ourselves of, um, like Fox's Book of Martyrs and things of this nature, because it really it should build your faith. It's not fun stuff to see, but the reality is is it is reality, and it was what our our um, the Christians that went before us. A lot of them had to endure. Not all, obviously. People born in America, born again believers that died in the last hundred years or whatever, they weren't most likely martyred. Uh, but in the day and times we're moving into, you know, we're moving into a real war here. And uh, that's all I have for today. I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us. I do pray you'd forgive us for any and all sins we've committed in any way, shape, or form, Lord God. As we forgive those who have sinned against us, you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Lord, I do pray that you intervene in these situations that we have talked about today with this Gulf War, uh, not Gulf War, but the Gulf oil leak, Lord, that's defiling your creation. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and all they that dwell therein. These evil satanic forces are at work to defile your planet, Lord. I pray, Lord God, if it be your will, you would stop these oil leaks, if it be your will, Lord. And if it be not, that you would preemptively um, do whatever it takes, Lord God, to warn us, to give us discernment, um, that we would be a beacon, the body of Christ would be a beacon of light to those that are in darkness, and that ultimately, you know, your name would be glorified through these situations. I do pray for your protective hand upon my listeners, upon the body of Christ, uh, that you would deliver us from all evil, Lord, and that you just help us. I pray, God, for all of these situations mentioned today, this, this, um, even this situation with North Korea and South Korea, God, that thy will be done. I pray that you would, if it be your will, that you would um, intervene in that situation to avert these hostilities. But we know, Lord, that the wars and the rumors of wars, uh, these things will progress, and um, there's nothing that's going to take you by surprise, Lord. I just pray that thy will be done. Pray that your name be glorified and that many would be saved as a result of the efforts uh, of the body of Christ and that you'd use us mightily for your glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.